Hey everyone, you're listening to Can You Hear Us Now? Inclusivity in the Media, a podcast dedicated to amplifying the voices of those in marginalized communities who are frequently overlooked in the mainstream media. Each week we discuss new topics in order to promote representation of those who are recurrently silenced or ignored. Our program aims to bring awareness to these issues in order to stimulate inclusivity in the media. Let's get into it. Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening and tuning in. You're listening to College Curriculum Mental Health 101. My name is Charisma Stevens, and I'm a junior at UNC, and I'm here with my co-host. Hey, everybody. My name is Christian Jacoyu. I am a senior at the Husband School of Journalism at UNC. And today we are joined by none other than Patricia Benitez, who is a junior. Hey guys, I'm Patricia. So Patricia, can you give us your age, your favorite part about UNC, and maybe a little bit about what you're studying? So I am 20 and I'm in the Hussman School studying journalism. And my favorite part about UNC is probably the campus. I love the campus and I think it's super pretty. I agree. I love the campus too. It's just, it's so like dynamic yes and a lot of walking um but i'd say unc is a very walkable campus it's a lot to do patricia do you have any like standout words that you would use to describe unc or college in general hmm um for unc and college that's a really difficult question there's so many i would say for the unc campus i would honestly say it's a bit it's very diverse I would say it sometimes can be a little bit polarized, I would say, politically. And I think exciting. College is just exciting. It's crazy. It's dynamic. So those are just a couple of words that come to mind, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I agree. I think it's just very... The I mean, the unfortunate thing is just on the surface, it may like seem polarized, but I think people are more alike than especially like the, the world and just the framing of everything than people would admit. But yeah, I, I would also agree. Uh, Charisma, do you agree? It's very kind of, it's a place that a lot of different people from a lot of different places. I mean, not to like toot our own horn, but it's a pretty well-known school. So I think we brought in a lot of different kind of minds here to create something special on this campus. Absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of diversity, not even in just simple demographics, but in ways of thinkings and ideologies and intelligence, different forms of intelligence. So like you said, you made a great point earlier, Patricia, we're not too different from each other. So through these similarities and differences, mental health is something that's widely experienced in college. Patricia, do you have, or what are some mental health challenges you've seen personally during your time in college, maybe by yourself, friends, maybe family? Mm. Um many for sure I think my brother and I struggle a lot with anxiety and that's not something I really share with a lot of people um so it's definitely overwhelming to like have roommates for example that you have to live with now or um you know have to be on top of your classes when you know you get really anxious or anything like that so freshman year obviously pandemic was hard for everyone so I had my challenges then but mostly I just struggled a lot with with anxiety and a little bit of OCD so it was kind of a a shock when I had to you know change environment and everything so that was probably a more difficult time right when I started freshman sophomore year well uh I mean we appreciate first of all we appreciate you opening up on that it's not obviously the easiest topic in the world to talk about um 
And yeah, I mean, it's just sometimes it feels like, and I, I, professors may not do it intentionally, but they may almost act like they're your only teacher. And they'll say, oh, but you have, you have this, you have today and tomorrow to do this assignment. And uh, it's again, not every professor, I don't mean to generalize, but some of them, they do have kind of this like mentality where they, they expect you to say, okay, well, it works. It should work in your schedule, even though you're, it's like a Tuesday, Thursday class or something. They're like, oh, you've got Wednesday to do it, but your Wednesday is like just an absolutely massive day. It's, mm-hmm. It can be a little bit hard to get kind of that wiggle room. And it's something that I think kind of should be addressed in some capacity. Now, I know, what was your opinion like with the whole, uh, there was the big, uh, obviously the suicide tragedy that happened last year. How do you think kind of the wellness days, do you think that helped kind of alleviate this kind of cramming of, of work into small amounts of time do you th- or do you think that was not the right way to go mm-hmm. so wellness days I think are helpful whether you take them as literal days to focus on your mental health or you just do it to catch up on work I think that it's a great opportunity to just get a breather I I appreciate them I know a lot of my friends do as well I'm not going to complain to have a day off that's for sure um, but I think that there are many other ways to address mental health I think especially creating an environment where we can be honest with each other, not so much let's go seek professional help, which is, of course, so important. Like, I'm obviously therapy is, like, vital. However, what I'm saying is, like, I think we need to create an environment where us peers and students can have open conversations about it um, and feel free to to have a moment, even within class, just do a little checkup. Like, I had a teacher who would just go around and be like, hey, like, how genuinely, how are you today? How are you feeling? And I think just that's more beneficial, having a teacher you know that cares and that is flexible with you is going to be more beneficial than just, hey, have this day off and do what you want with it. Um, although I, I do like them. And, like, also how you were talking about work. Um, and they definitely like, you know, it's a rigorous school, university's hard. And, and that's how real life is. Like work, you're not just going to be like, oh, I don't feel good today. Can I turn this project in a week later? Because you're getting paid for it. Um, so I do think it prepares you for the real world and real, real life. Um, but I guess mostly we, I would just appreciate seeing a change of, of environment among the peers themselves where we can kind of have a collective like opportunity to share how we're all doing mentally right right and this is uh charisma this is something that you are fairly passionate about so what kind of how do you see that that playing out would you say this kind of strategy of mental wellness i actually love the idea of grouping peers together and kind of just you know taking a moment to actually talk about what would help or even just being vulnerable with each other and just being understanding with professors i absolutely agree professors act like they're the only you know responsibility we have their work is the only thing on our schedules and that definitely causes anxiety for myself oftentimes um but I think you made a great point Patricia I think that'll be an interesting implementation and that actually leads me to asking both of you all how do you feel about the mental health culture at UNC amongst peers do you think if something like open chats in classrooms if those were to be implemented, do you think UNC students are the type to be open and vulnerable, or do you feel the culture on campus to be more so a bit of like an elite feel, closed off, um, people only showing their good side and their successful side? How do you think that would actually look if it was implemented amongst like the culture and how people present themselves at UNC? That's a really interesting question. It's like a million dollar question, right? To figure out if it would actually be effective or not. I think I think it's honestly different between men and women. I think a lot of men, the guys would be like, nah, like this isn't for me and try to 
you know, be like, nah, like real men, I'm not, I'm not about to share my feelings. But um, I think it'd be, it's that whole idea of like, no one's really going to speak up because they don't want to feel singled out or they don't want to feel like the only one. So I think it would have to be on like a very small scale um, and, and a group where you feel comfortable, like people you're already familiar with, um, which is sad to say. I agree with that. I mean, it's not to kind of to blame uh, just UNC specifically for this kind of culture is very unfair because it's something that right. I think applies to just about anywhere. Uh, mm-hmm. And just the point about like it, it being very different for guys and girls is a big, big deal, too, because for the reasons you all just, just basically explained. But in order to kind of create a comfortable environment, I feel like confidentiality is very important. Yeah. And now there's something that my church does, which I think should be done with like for anybody, like non-religious groups even, because I think this is such a really good strategy. We have like just these prayer groups that meet like once a week. And it's just like an opportunity to kind of just meet up with like 10, 15 people and just kind of, I guess, vent a little bit, just laugh with some people and know it's it's no pressure. And I think if we took, if like kind of the school took like that format and just made like a non-religious, just totally open to anybody type of uh, thing where you could just join a confidential group you guys meet up. You don't have to talk about it to anybody else. It's not like a big public thing you have to show up for on the quad, hold up a sign for it. Just, I think that would be the best thing because a lot of people would probably love to address it. They just don't want to show it, which is unfortunate. That's a great idea. I also think that's a great idea. I'm passionate about my faith as well, but of course we have to accommodate everyone at UNC and non-religious groups doing something like that to alleviate that anxiety and stress they feel from school. That's an awesome idea. And that just leads me into student efforts and student efforts for mental health and, you know, us just helping each other out through different events and organizations. So Patricia, are you a part of any um, clubs or organizations on campus, maybe off campus, I guess, establishments that you go to often that helps with your mental health or helps you get your mind off of things school related? For me, I would say it's the gym, which sounds kind of basic. But for me, just moving my body is like the biggest thing that helps me. I'm not thinking about anything else. And I'll make a lot of friends. I'll talk to friends while I'm at the gym. So the SRC has definitely been like a really fun place for me to go. And honestly, there's a lot of places just to walk on campus. Like I just think literally physically moving your body if you can. I think that's what helps me so much. And surrounding myself with other people to kind of realize like, okay, like I'm not alone. I'm not by myself. Let's get out of this weird mindset. And that helps me for sure. Right, right. And I mean, that's not to obviously go too deep into the science behind it, but it's kind of a pretty well known that physical activity does boost right. your, your mental toughness, for lack of a better word there. It could even be something you work into this, I guess I call it like the, the non-religious prayer groups, something to kind of, so you have something to do with people, because I feel like uh, there's there's been efforts in the past to have these groups where you can kind of meet up with people who have similar concerns. But I think one of the big bigger issues besides confidentiality is that you, you meet up with these people and it's like, okay, I don't think we have anything in common, you know? And it's like, I feel like you there almost needs to be an activity to like an icebreaker in a way to get the ball rolling so that you have something to do. So you're not just sitting in a room and being like, yeah, I care about mental health. Oh, me too. Yeah, great. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like that. Right. So I think that's another very important thing that I think could, could be worked into something like that. If, if you guys like my idea. I do. I do. I would join it at least. Thanks I also that. think that's a fantastic idea. Cool. Yeah. And um, Patricia, what would you do in the future besides any of these things to almost spread the word and kind of to alleviate this kind of culture of, of silence, I guess? 
what other efforts would you make to make sure that people know that these aren't things that you have to hide? Mm. Or if you've thought of, or if you've thought of any additional efforts by the school or maybe the community that's surrounding UNC, any other efforts? I think it starts with individuals, like me being a good friend, period. Like I think it's going to be an individual level. And um, while the school can make so many efforts, and of course, there's many more that they could make. And if I had to sit and think, I could probably come up with a couple. But the one that comes to mind is just if everyone was just genuinely a good friend and and was open to listening to people, um, and then they were able to reciprocate that back onto to them. Uh, I really think that that's the most effective way because it's intimate it's personal you feel actually seen you feel actually heard when you're one-to-one with someone um so if we can emphasize that um between everyone i think we could have a much different atmosphere but i think everyone gets so caught up in their own thing and um everyone always feels alone and no one really wants to hit on those really like deep topics because oh i'm gonna look you know i'm gonna look so weird or i'm gonna look like i'm crazy or i don't know um, that's too deep. I, I think if we were to change that stigma, then it, you know, it'd be a much better campus and environment. Now, um, just before we kind of move, kind of shift in a different direction, I did think of one other thing that I wanted to ask you about. Uh, what do you think of CAPS? Do you have any experience with CAPS, ARS, any, any of those people? Like, what's kind of your takeaway from them, if you have any experience? So from what I've heard from CAPS, it's not great. Um, <laughs> I had a friend who actually went and I won't speak too much on her situation, but she basically said that it seemed like very much like, um, you know, put a Band-Aid on it and let's just send you out. Like, it, it wasn't, let's really dig into this. Let's see what you actually need. It was just more so, like, let's check the boxes and say that she got help. You know what I mean? So um, I have not heard great things. I think that there needs to be a lot of reform um, done in CAPS. But I'm not, I don't honestly know enough about it. I just had that one friend who... Who went and said that it was not a good experience gotcha yeah. and one thing i've heard a lot is the wait time is a big deal like it's just sometimes you have big problems that can't wait a month and a half or however long there wow it's it's just not something it's not ideal i think in that scenario no i, I didn't know that they had such long wait times yeah no um there needs to be like immediate help for for people who like, need it patricia if you had you gave us great advice. And one thing I love that you have said is just being a great friend. So if you had, you know, just this platform to use, what advice on mental health would you give to an incoming freshman at UNC? Whether that's, you know, like battling mental health or a resource to go to, just like your your full spill on, you know, here is your advice on, you know, staying afloat during very tough semesters. I think do what you want to do genuinely do what you want to do. I think peer pressure often leads you to to just get your life completely out of whack and you end up um, doing things you don't want to do that lead you to bad, bad paths. So I would say like to my brother, I always tell him like, do what you want to do. You don't have to please anyone. You don't have to care what anyone else thinks. Do what genuinely makes you happy. Um, I think there's a lot of people pleasing that goes on, uh, you know, when you're a freshman and you're trying to navigate college. No, study what you want to study hang with the crowd you want to hang with um, and trust those people. And obviously, you know, if you're going through a hard mental time, there's no shame in getting help. I feel like that's been very pushed, but it's a lot harder than it, than it seems. Um, but genuinely, I think having the confidence to do what you want to do um, because you want to do it and because you enjoy it and because it makes you happy um, is probably the biggest advice I, I would have for them. 
And um, obviously, if if I think everyone should have a therapist, everyone should have at least someone to talk to. So find that one friend who you genuinely have intimate, vulnerable conversations with. Everyone needs that that one person um, or more if you can. You make an awesome point, and I love the part about you know finding a therapist. And if you can't find a therapist, find that one friend because you know, just being able to express yourself and talk about your vulnerabilities and your struggles that you're not comfortable with sharing with everyone else is very essential just to be able to let it off of your shoulders, you know, lift the burden. But while you're speaking, I actually realized and thought about the common imposter syndrome, you know, your tendency to doubt yourself and your intellect when you're around seemingly other amazing intellectual people. Have you yourself ever experienced this syndrome or have you heard stories of close friends that have experienced imposter syndrome? Absolutely. Every, all the time. I'm like, I don't feel enough. Right. But I think that it's like for a second. And then I'm like, wait, like who raised you? Because I feel like, um, we all have something to offer and we're all here for a reason. Like we all know how hard it is to get into the school. We all went through that super stressful application season. And it's not even just about your grades or just about your GPA or like anything. Like literally everyone has something so beautiful and unique about themselves. Um, and, and I think we're so hard on ourselves because it's so competitive. But at the end of the day, you can't be running your race, like looking beside you all the time. Like you have to just do it. Like, again, you have to do what you want to do and not care what anyone else thinks. And whoever's dragging you down, like, just like, you, you don't be afraid to cut people off. Don't be afraid to do what is, what is, uh, what's in your heart. And I literally forgot the question, but I think I answered it. <laughs> you did. You, no, you got it. You got it. I was just honestly thinking when you said like everyone has something unique to bring to the table it made me think about like uh just and again this is not something that you just as you would see i mean there's a lot of colleges out there uh should there be kind of more efforts to emphasize maybe you're not the class president maybe you're not like uh, on the basketball team should there be efforts to make sure that everybody's story is told because everyone has something that brought them here how do you mm -hmm. and if you do think that then how would you think that they the school or they students should go about it that's a good question wow i think definitely we need to celebrate that everyone brings something to the table absolutely um the way to do it that's a tough question because at, at the end of the day like honestly the people who get recognition tend to be the people who are doing extraordinary things on the camp which is wonderful and they deserve that recognition um so i think it's again like i, I hate to like keep you know like you know, going into this, but I think it's just about on the daily complimenting someone. Hey, I really love that you are so outgoing. I really love that you are a leader. I think just complimenting people on those qualities that make them unique on an everyday basis is, is, um, is a way to uplift people to get like, I, if I hear a compliment, I'm going to hang on to that for like my whole week. Yeah. I think it's very important to have somebody regularly kind of tell somebody that they kind of are important, especially if they're in a, a situation where something is going on in their life. Those compliments, those like pushes forward are everything, I think. I relate so hard to when you said that someone tells you a compliment and you think about it for the rest of the week. Like, yeah. you don't know how far kind words go. And Patricia, you've actually given us such great advice on battling mental health and dealing with mental health and your insight into like UNC and the culture and what the administration is doing for mental health. And one thing I loved about your responses is every time, I guess, when we like ask the question about the administration of the school, you answered it, but you also reflected it back to, you know, us as individuals 
us as peers and us as students, because you're right. Sometimes it's going to have to start with us. Thank you so much for your time, Patricia. Of course. Yeah, it's been super fun. I agree. Thank you so much. Everything you said has just brought so much perspective. Of course. Take care. Bye. Bye. This episode of the Can You Hear Us Now podcast was produced as part of the class project for Mijo 441 Diversity and Communication at the Hussman School of Journalism and Media at UNC Chapel Hill. This episode was produced by Charisma Stevens and Christian Jacoyu and recorded on November 30th, 2022. Thanks for listening to the Can You Hear Us Now podcast. We hope we were able to expand your mind and shed some light on this week's topic, College Curriculum, Mental Health 101. As always, we encourage you to take a closer look at the media you consume and don't be afraid to advocate for those who might not have a voice. Make sure to tune in next time when we discuss underrepresented groups on campus. You can also head over to our website, can you hear us now podcast.com to check out more information and resources relating to our episodes. Be sure to leave a like on this episode and subscribe to our program on platforms including Simplecast, Spotify, Audible, and iHeartRadio. See you next time. Thank you.